This is the I Read Comic Books podcast, the very best podcast for regular comic book fans. I'm your host, Mike Rappin, and joining me this week, the sound of two whispers on the wind at 2 a.m. in a damp, empty town square. The host of the Next Issue podcast, Danny. <laughs> I don't know what to say to that, but hello. <laughs> and Kara Shaborsky. I feel so ethereal. Like, yeah, I mean, what a vision you've painted. Everyone's a ghost tonight. I've been watching too much of True Detective Night Country, so all I can oh. think of is just ghosts and darkness, and I'm so glad that I do not live in Alaska. Um, but <laughs> before we get into today's show, uh, two things I want to shout out. One, um, we're starting a new little format thing that we're doing with the show here. Um, we hope you like it. You're going to hear it today. And then if you have any feedback, send us an email, ircbpodcast at gmail.com. And on top of that, on Friday, uh, that is February 16, Danny and I are going to be jumping on Twitch and we're going to be building our Lego Batmobiles. We're calling it a better Batmobile build stream. Um, come hang out with us. We're going to be talking comics and I'm going to try to get my computer set up in my dining room downstairs and I'm going to I don't know, with lights. I, don't, I have one light that I'm going to try to use and then I'm going to build this giant Batmobile and Danny's going to do the same. It's going to be a really fun thing. So to see who can build it first and whatever else we do that night. So come hang out with us on Friday. Danny, it's it's going to be a blast, right? Mike set the bar really high because I don't know how much of the build we're going to get through, but I'm excited yeah, yeah. to get into it anyways. <laughs> I'm determined to finish mine, but... In one section, in one sitting? I, I don't know. It's a big Batmobile, but go ahead, Kara. Mike is optimistic. I'm just wondering, are you allowed to steal Paul's branding for Better Batmobile? Did he authorize this? Well, listen, uh, <laughs> we're we're calling it a, a, what is it, derivative work of the Better Batmobile series. Spinoff. <laughs> right. Uh, Better Batmobiles are Steamboat Willie. That's what that's what I'm calling it. <laughs> this is It's Paul's fault because he just went ahead and did his like really quickly. Yeah, that's and true. Made us look that's bad true. about it. So right, yeah. Paul had a really, a really nice Batmobile build that he did already. But uh, Danny oh. and I are just playing catch up two years later. So um, that's going to be fun. Come join us on Friday, uh, February 16, 8 p.m. Eastern. Um, it's going to be a blast. But uh, on Twitch.tv/IRCB Podcast. But let's get into things. Let's talk about comic books. We're here for two legally mandated questions. That is, how have you been? How have comic books been? Let's start with you, Kara. Thanks, Mike. It is my birthday week it is my birthday woo. month so woo, woo, woo. i'm woo. a birthday month gal i'm just like it's all about me treat myself do all the things that i want budgets are for march like so uh-huh, so uh-huh. so uh living living my best life i got as part of my birthday extravaganza i was gifted some comic books so i read a book that i did not choose and oh. i know bold um so these comic books were a gift from someone who is not a comic book person. How how do you guys feel about being gifted comic books? I feel like this is like high risk, high reward. Mike's making a face. Uh, Danny, go ahead before I get into a rant. <laughs> so I love it because I love the intention of somebody giving me like, I understand I've been given books before where either I already have it. Many of maybe I've already read it. Maybe it's something that's kind of weird, and I'll never get into it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But just the attention to detail, like, oh, they like comics. Maybe this will try. You know, like, maybe, so yeah, I appreciate that part of it. So mm-hmm. yeah, how about um, you, Mike? What's your rant? I I am the exact opposite. Uh, I so here's the thing. I love the idea that someone was knew that I was really into comics and said, mm-hmm. hey, I'm going to get you a comic book. Um, but the other side of my brain. Uh, says, how dare they think that I don't know about this already? <laughs> um, so I, <laughs> I, okay. I am notoriously bad at receiving gifts in general, just because I'm a, I'm a terrible person in that regard. But like getting like comic books too. in specific, well, it, th- this is the thing. It's like getting comic books in specific. It's it's very like 
nine times out of 10, it's something I've already gotten. Mm. Um, and in my mind, I'm constantly on the search for someone to give me a gift that is meaningful and thoughtful and blah, blah, blah. So it's like I set all these unreasonably sure. high expectations for people, sure. um, which is extremely unfair to them. Like this is a problem with me. It's not a problem with anybody else. And I, I recognize that after years and years of therapy. Mm. Um, so I understand it. So getting comic book gifts, I've unfortunately like scarred Kelly in that she got me comics, oh, I think, no. once. And I was like, oh, thanks. I don't think I'm going to read this. And I don't know why I was like that. I was a dumb 20 something. And that's just what happened. Um, Listen, we've we've talked about it. We've gone past. I was going to say, but then she married you. So it's fine. Then she married me. So like it all worked out. But I've I've always been like this, especially when it comes to comic books. So um, I think as an adult, as a 35 year old man, I think I'm a little bit more mature and that if someone got me a gift, I wouldn't just frown at it like a seven year old when they're like, I didn't want this mom and dad or I'm mad that you got me clothes instead of Legos, which Uh is also me as a seven year old. Right. So. Mike, As you're an the adult worst. now, <laughs> we should get in a gift off. Can you imagine us just being like, we both have these relentlessly high standards. Can you can you meet them? Listen, I can't ruin this friendship with you like that. I don't want to do it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but my God. I, what I'm saying is, I think now if I got a comic from somebody, and because yeah. the thing is, I have like a coworker of mine gave me, he's like, oh, I had a bunch of these comics. Like I had them. I found them in a box. Do you want them? And I was like, oh, cool. I brought them home. And they're just like sitting on my shelf. They're a bunch of like 90s comics. Mm-hmm. I wasn't like, uh, these are garbage. What the fuck are you doing? Right. So <laughs> at this point, I'm a little bit more mature. And I just kind of I smile. Thank you. know, Thank the person. Usually try to read it, you know, especially if it's something I actually haven't heard of. But sure. like, who knows? But uh, yeah, so. I, what I'm saying is that we're Ooh. always growing. We're always learning. We are always growing and learning. I have to say, I started out <laughs> realizing that I was being gifted comic books where Mike was, but then mm-hmm. I landed where Danny was because I got a great explanation of why these were chosen. And I was like, yeah, mm. okay. See, but context is like super duper crucial, right? If someone just blindly hands you a gift and they don't yeah. give you any reason for why they got it for you, that's especially when it comes to comics. It's like, I don't understand why, but if someone gives you a reasoning like that can that can validate and totally change the entire picture. So I I get that. (laughs) So the book that I'm going to talk about today is one of these these comics that were chosen for me. And I think of myself as a Transformers person, but I Mm realized that in recent years, I've been way more vocal about the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And I also want to say that Tumblr has ruined me forever because I have to concentrate on saying their name because I want to say Tootin Meanage Needle Teetles every time. <laughs> every time because yeah. of that one dumb Tumblr shit post from like 10 years ago. So uh-huh, I'm just like, uh-huh. my little Tootin Needle, <coughs> needle Teetle Beetle Babies. Yeah. Anyway, so this book that I was given is uh, Saturday Morning Adventures, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, number 10. So... Mm-hmm. I'm going in cynical and skeptical. I'm like, damn, number 10 in the middle of a run. I'm not going to know what's going on. This mm-hmm. is so obnoxious uh, <laughs> feeling. So this is a story by Eric Burnham, art by Dan Shoning, letters by Ed. Did I write this name down right? I'm going to double check the credits. Duke Shire. It should be Duke Shire. <laughs> Google corrected it to Duke Shirt, and I'm like, that can't be right. <laughs> Colors yeah, yeah. by Luis Antonio Delgado. So... First of all, this book delivered on its promise because it is a Saturday morning cartoon. It's like this run is based off of or inspired by the 80s animated Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles show, Teetle Beetle Needle Deedles. (laughs) And it is just like it understood the assignment. So right away, first page, 
April O'Neil is giving us a one-page recap of what happened in previous issues, which is great because this story arc, this issue, is number two of three. It's like the middle issue of a trilogy, and I'm like, I'm not going to know what's going on. This is so unfair. I just want to like relax with some turtles. Turns out it's great because they understand that this is supposed to be a book that you can jump into and just understand. So April does her little like exposition bit through the framing device of her giving a news report. So I'm like, all right, I'm caught up for reasons. Shredder and Leonardo have been sent back in time because they Shredder has a sword that can cut through space time. And now they're in feudal Japan. So yes. right off, yes. Love it. So right off the bat, I'm like, yes, hell yes. And so the other three turtles are like trying to figure out how to get Leo home. Leo mm-hmm. and Shredder. I just want to say Shredder in this book. Oh, so good. Like such a good campy 80s villain they totally nailed the tone of this show and like the style of cartoon that you're going for almost Mm -hmm. immediately shredder's like i don't care what time we're in i can still kill you ha 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 and then they (laughs) almost immediately run into a bunch of like feudal japanese warlords and shredder has like there's a moment of dialogue where you can see he's quick thinking where he's just like he has to figure out how to explain leonardo or else this is going to be derailed really quickly so he's like this kappa attacked me and i'm like hell yeah because a cat like you know a kappa is a creature from japanese like yokai mythology it looks like a teenage mutant ninja turtle and i'm like did did the creators of tmnt go this deep and like choose this iconography i don't even care that's genius so yeah but like with the context clues they didn't um they didn't like explain what a kappa was, but I thought it was really well done where it's like, okay, you're trusting your audience to either Google that because it's 2023 and we have computer phones <laughs> or mm-hmm. to pick up on the context clues of being like, oh, this is an explanation that these people in this time period will accept as real. So then it's all like hijinks of Leonardo trying to figure out like what the hell is going on and why he's suddenly tied up and Shredder finds a more powerful sword that can also get him back through space time. <laughs> and meanwhile, like I just, I just am not up enough on TMNT lore to be able to articulate very clearly the character Renee or Renette, who's like the time traveler from the future who like pops in randomly to like tell the turtles about, all right. So she shows up and she's like, guys, I have a message for you. Wait, no, I don't. What time is it? What year is it? Have we met already? And it was so like, I just really loved that she was allowed to be a space case. I'm like, yes, this would be me as a time traveler. I'd be like, hold on a minute. Wait, wait, wait. Where? What? Where am I? Like, I'm like that normally. So yeah, yeah, sure. It was sure. delightful. So the, so she, they were like, oh, oh, this is great. Are you here to help us save Leo? And she's like, no, what are you talking about? And Raphael, my boy, my angry, grumpy boy, is just like nailed it right away. He has like a quick thinking moment where he's like, Well, if you need all four of us, then clearly it's within your job description to help us get Leo back. So it's like this whole like Deus Ex Machina thing with like getting them all back home. At the end of the issue, Shredder and Leo are both back home, and we had like a fun side romp into feudal Japan. And it was Mm -hmm. honestly like, this is how serial comics should be. Like when you see an mm-hmm. issue number and you're not going to pick it up because you're like, I haven't been reading this. I can't jump in at issue 20. That's unfortunate. But if you are yeah. like IDW 
and you consider that you want your comic book to be something that anyone could pick up, you do things like exposition that's not too overburdened. And then Mm -hmm. people like me can jump in and be like, I do. I do want to read this little Saturday morning cartoon. Mm -hmm. It is so cute. So it was just delightful. I don't necessarily think I would like read this month to month, but it's nice to know now that this is an option. If I'm like, I really just want like a 10 minute turtle adventure that I don't need to think about too hard. This is it. I might like see if the library has some trades and yeah and see what's what because yeah if you like turtles check out this series it is not intimidating i promise yeah i i think nick had told me about this a short while back on an episode um saying that there's a whole naming convention issue of like saturday morning something 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 there's like four or five of them or something and uh, it can be a little confusing (laughs) if you're trying to find like specific issues but to your point i think the idea is that it's supposed to be just like the tv show where you're like you don't have to watch it every single week. You could just pick up an issue or pick up an episode if you're if you're watching on TV and it'll be fine. It'll work. It's just a good turtle story. So I'm glad yeah. to hear that another person has jumped in and had the exact same experience. So that's like re-solidifying things. I appreciate that. Yeah, Cowabunga. Yeah. Hell yeah. IDW has been really good at their... They have a few series under their Saturday morning brand. Like Dungeons and Dragons is another one, I think, that mm. uh, they put out. So yeah, they make it feel... Uh, like it's, you know, you could just jump in. It's for, it's mainly geared for a younger audience, but like anybody can kind of jump in. So that's the best kind of all ages book though. Yeah. Um, well, Danny, what about you? How have you been? How have comic books been? I know it's Super Bowl Sunday today. So are you getting hyped? Uh, well, Mike, it's a, it's a rainy day here in Texas. Uh, so I've been indoors most of the weekend. Uh, I mean, I'm not, I haven't been following the football team. Of course, I'm going to watch it. Because we're all legally required to in Texas to pay attention any. to football every once in a while. Um, so, but it, it's been really good. I'm I'm very excited to watch the 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 game uh, because I also love, love to read comics while sports are on the background. Uh, so I'll probably just <laughs> ju- I'll just probably run through a few things uh, instead yeah. of you know checking out the game. So, uh, but for this week, uh, I want to talk about I've read like about 12 comic books in the last 48 hours, just catching up from last week, gearing Whoa. up for next week. Uh, but in, and even so I'm not going to talk about any of those. What I want to talk about is Thundercats. Number one, uh, from dynamite <laughs> comics. Uh, I'm showing, how, I'm showing the guys the, how the foil variant. Not, I, Danny, how did you not start off that sentence with Thundercats? Thundercats. Ho! Oh, <laughs> I, I didn't want to give everything away right up front because okay, but I do like that we're on this train. Like the the theme of this episode so far has been like, oh, we're gonna just talk about nostalgia uh, franchises in our comic books. Sure, bring back the eighties, except don't. <laughs> yeah, uh, so let let me talk about the creators before we get into this book. So this book is written by Declan Shalvey, with art by Drew Moss, colors by uh, Shiara De Francia and Martina uh, Pignadelli. Uh, with letters by Jeff Eckleberry. Let me give you a quick recap. If you don't know who the Thundercats are, the Thundercats are on the move. The Thundercats are loose. Feel the magic. Hear the roar. Uh, Thundercats are loose. That's... Oh, wait. That's the song. Sorry. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) What? Hold on. I have zero context of the Thundercats other than I know that they are cat-ish people. Genuinely, I know about nothing. Did you not watch this on Cartoon Network when you were a child? No, I was straight up like 
I watched Dragon Ball Z. That's about it. That you know, let's let's be Whoa. real. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, Mike, I grew up watching the Thundercats on Cartoon Network, and when I was in college, my prized poge- possession was a pair of Chitara Converse sneakers. Okay. So, I recognize that name. It. I recognize it. Danny, <laughs> what's your history with Thundercats, please? Because I I feel like you we're we're all of the same-ish age. Somehow, I just completely miss Thundercats. Yeah. It's it's interesting to hear you've never so what I was talking about earlier that's the opening song okay obviously it doesn't go like that but um, I didn't want to I didn't want to get a copyright strike on on our audio right but <laughs> but yeah that's the opening of the eighties cartoon yeah um, I mean I watched it as a kid I wasn't the biggest fan I think as a concept sure it's pretty cool like the idea of these you know humanoid cats uh, with a, a big sword and they're fighting, uh, you know, the, this mummy Mama. and mutants and stuff. It's fun, but I, I don't. If you ask me about mythology, I remember no idea, nothing. The okay. aesthetics, Which, though, burned in my mind. Okay, exactly. Same here. the The eye of Thundera is like burned into my forehead. Um, <laughs> but I think that's an advantage because going back into a comic book to for the, for a franchise, you don't want to just hear the same story or read the same story, right? Or even if you are, even if some things are changed, um, then you don't really remember everything. So uh, in this book, after the Thundercats have to escape their home planet of Thundera to look for a new home, they find Third Earth. But after their malfunctioning stasis pod causes a young Lionel to age physically, which is a detail I didn't remember. So Lionel, when they leave, he's the same age as the other cats, as Wild Kitty and Wild Cat. Uh, or Willy Cat, but he ages physically, but he still has the he's not mature enough yet. Wait, he's Billy Batson? Thundercats. This is like kind of Captain yeah. DC version Captain Marvel, Fawcett Comics Captain it, Marvel all over again. It, Nothing is new. Everything is recycled. Continue. It's a little bit like that. And I didn't remember that detail. So going back and Declan Shelby and, and the team did do a really good job of just putting all this in a couple of pages. So it's not a recap comic. The comic isn't about their history. It's about what's going to happen afterwards. Um, so after they get to uh, the third earth, they are being chased by the mutants. Uh, and then an evil, an ancient evil has awoken who we don't get a lot of details for in the comic, but I mean, it's Mumra. Like if you've ever seen the cartoon, you know that it's a Mumra. Okay. Uh, so I'm very excited for that. Um, I, I, after reading this, I did go back and watch the first two episodes of the 80s series. Oh. Just to check out the difference. How did it and, age, Danny? Well, the uh, I think the cartoon is fine. It's definitely geared for a very young audience. There's a lot of like silliness. Snarf. That, the whole character of yeah, Snarf. Snar- Snarf. Snarf. So funny enough, and this is a slight spoiler, Snarf is not in this first issue of Thundercats. Oh. Even though he's in the cover. So False so there are, this leads me to Yeah, this leads me to my next point. There are some things that they are changing. Uh, some of the mythology is changing. Uh, so I think that's going to be a really interesting ride because I, I believe Declan Shelby and Drew Moss are big fans of the franchise, but they also want to tell their own story. So I appreciate the changes because it makes it feel like something new. Um, one thing I really loved was in the art. It really captures that motion of Lionel, like, you know, pulling out the Sword of Omens and, and yelling Thundercats. Like just those movements are kind of like burned into my brain, those images. Uh, and and Drew Moss does such a good job of just capturing like the big, you know, him swinging around his sword and putting it up and yelling ho, like all that stuff. It really captures it. So 
is it is it nostalgia for sure but when it's done well and there's enough changes uh for it to me for for me to be invested um i think it's gonna be just fine i do wish this was a little longer to get a little bit more story mm -hmm. but i think i'm just being greedy there so um yeah i i really enjoy this uh i'm surprised to to hear that mike has no familiarity with this franchise so this i'd be interested in your take yeah I mean, if if I can get a copy of it, I I'll check it out. But like, it's dynamite, which means that it's it's like print only, and their digital distribution is only through Amazon. And I don't know. Then there's like what four hundred and seventy five thousand variants for this issue. So I mean, I don't know. I How many did you buy, Danny? Yeah, that's that was my next just, question. Just the one. Just the one. I'm I, I'm proud. I'm so proud bought of you. The, the one. Yeah. I <laughs> I am proud of myself too. Um, but I, I feel like if I do go to a convention or something soon, and I see some other ones. I might pick them up, mm -hmm. uh, but Mike, to the distribution thing you were talking about, I agree. I think on the Discord we were chatting about like, there's people that couldn't go to the shop but they wanted to read it. Yeah, and, and it wasn't on Amazon. It was like it wasn't anywhere. No, we didn't know how to pick it up. I exactly. I have a preview copy, but I didn't know how to tell them to go buy this digitally. Yeah. So mm -hmm. yeah, it's kind um, of a bummer. Dynamite really doing themselves a disservice with like not being accessible enough to their customers. Yeah, especially yeah. on a big title like this, I'm really surprised this isn't like being pushed everywhere right like i feel like if they're gonna yeah. triple down on this nostalgia bullshit they they might as well they or they need to make it as available as possible to people so i don't know maybe maybe that'll get yeah. resolved by the second issue but yeah it's kind of weird pre-orders for this book were 170,000 yeah for issue one yeah oh, wow. which is wild for like an independent like anything outside of marvel and dc i don't think you get numbers even close to that yeah so are those numbers like are they being put in a do people still get nerd boxes? I feel like those numbers only really happen if it's like everyone's getting a. Yeah, I feel like so loot they crate, had closed. But... They had closed the final order cutoff, and then they opened it up again because of the high demand. Oh wow! So wow. I I've never heard of that in my ten to fifteen years okay. of reading comic books. Interesting, okay. interesting. Go dynamite, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> things I thought I'd never say. I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me let me talk about a boom book. goes the dynamite. I, I <laughs> think is uh, the same. Okay. All right, stop it. Quit Anyways. it, both of you. Mike, um, how about you? I, I have been I've been good. Uh, went out and bought some more Pokemon cards. As I said, I was watching Night Country. Um, I was very surprised to realize that I was caught up because I thought the entire series had come out. But season four of True Detective is pretty good. So if you get a chance, you know, highly recommend it. Six episodes. It's very scary. Um, and I say that because the previous three seasons are kind of spooky. And this one is like legit scary. Um so I figured I would just continue down the path of reading and consuming scary things. So I decided to read World Tree Volume 1. This is from Image Comics, written by James Tinian, art by Fernando Blanco, colors by Jordi Belair, art by Aditya Bidikar. And this is one of those comics where I feel like James Tinian has pulled his thoughts out of, or pulled thoughts out of my mind and put them succinctly, like beautifully to page. And I, I say that with a big asterisk because this book is extremely dark uh, and extremely uh, gory and extremely murderous. And like, I would not recommend this to like anybody who does not care to see brutal death and murder on on page, because that is what this book is full of, like right from the get go. So I'm going to put that out there to begin with. But um, I will do want to just start my discussion of this with the criticism at the top, because I think Tia a long while back had read issue one of this and had a lot of issues with how gazy this book is, right? How male gazy it is. There's a main character. Her name is Fear. She walks around mostly naked throughout the entire book. Um, and I think it serves a purpose for the character to show that she sheds societal norms by not wearing clothes or wearing very little clothes. However, I think that a book like this can do that type of character without it 
without them being portrayed in such a way that it feels almost sexualized right a character can be naked on page without it feeling like i'm just like like this panel was made so that i could stare at this character's boobs um and i feel like Mm -hmm. we get that a lot throughout this first volume um so i definitely understand the very very valid criticism of how the art portrays this character fear rather than trying to lean into the she's very crazy um aspect which is what it's supposed to be because everybody who sees this part of this technological thing kind of at the core of the of the book goes a little bit um out of their mind as they've been consumed by this other dimensional thing we don't really know the answer to it yet i don't want to spoil all the pieces that we find out Mm -hmm. in the volume um but i think you can portray that character without it just being like half half page sized panels of like this woman from her like mid section upwards um you can mm-hmm. show that that character's naked without doing that constantly consistently throughout this book um so well, mike go ahead once once you said oh she's naked because she's rejecting societal norms my brain went a dude wrote this no like it, that is just not <laughs> here is the thing like, i'm i'm going no. off of like an assumption because that's not explicitly sure. stated in the book right the, the idea is this because we see another person who's been affected by this thing in the book and they haven't done that, but she's doing that for reasons of, I don't know. We haven't really gotten an answer. That's just the thing that I'm assuming because people who see this thing, they start to do all sorts of weird, non societally accepted things. I assume that's why she's doing that. I don't think it's a strong enough reason to do that. Um, No, it's not. So that criticism aside, um, I found this book to be, interesting and extremely dark in a way that i think 21 year old mike would think is the coolest thing he's ever read in his entire life um and that is like an interesting or a weird thing to say because like i vibed on this or vibe with this book on like a oh this is really dark and fucked up kind of level um the type of thing where if you spent your early 20s late teens on like the the bottom of the internet in the guttural awful spaces of chan boards and and live league and something awful forums um you totally understand where the core of this book is coming from of like these were people who were on the internet in the quote-unquote early days of like popularity and they found this other side of the internet this darker unreal dimension kind of it very much gives me like hellraiser vibes in some very very tiny little ways but i understand what tinyan is trying to do with this book of uh taking all of these weird gross things and saying what if there wasn't just it wasn't just people doing this there was like an an a thing out there i want to say like an entity of some kind that's that's like kind of compelling people to do this um but i don't know Oh, so it's like mimetic but different yes but different yes kind of like how the wachowskis said like oh the matrix that worked let's do it again and then we got jupiter ascending so yeah yeah, sort of (laughs) i wouldn't say that it's it's that kind of jump from matrix to jupiter ascending but i i understand like where tiny is coming from with this idea of like the people who showed me the darkest grossest shit on the internet they are the inspiration for this book um and i understand that because at a time i was very much that type of person who was looking for the darkest grossest shit on the internet to like freak out with it with my friends right and i stopped doing that probably in the early 2010s because i get very paranoid of like i don't know who can ever see my browsing history let's just never look at that stuff to absolve myself from any claims of mike's looking at really weird shit on the internet um so i I don't know i think tinian has continued to do what he's done in a lot of his more recent books in this series which is uh derive a lot of really interesting characters with a relation like very solid relationships in this book because there's a web of people that are kind of coming together to tell the story and every single person feels 
very real and also feels like a vessel in which Tinian can like channel some of his own feelings and anxieties through like each individual person feels fully relieved and they all touch on different things that I can weirdly relate to of uh, like feelings of uncertainty among friendships, feelings of uncertainties of like the authority around you, feelings of like there, there's one character in particular that I thought was very well described of like she she's older she's had four kids and she's just longing for a relationship where she can be close to someone and not like in a sexual way but like in a can we lay on a bed together and just kind of be close to each other without there being anything more than that like i i like really like the way that he like described that entire scene and had this character talking to another character about it like and i feel like this book is full of characters like that who have these wants and needs that tinyan is trying to describe without and it all goes comes together in a way that doesn't feel forced. Like all of these moments feel supernatural. So the fact that this book is based around this really dark, gross thing, and yet you get these extremely like touching, real moments between people is is very interesting to me. I really liked it. Um, I, I I don't know. I I think I don't know if I could have read this book month to month, but reading it as a collected edition, it's like 136 pages. You fly through it very fast. Um, and honestly, you can skip past the grosser stuff and it doesn't change the story. So if you're interested in it, um, that'd be my you know recommendation to it. But ultimately, I wouldn't recommend this to you if you are not a fan of like gore and horror. And, and I say this of like violence against people of all ages and types. And it is absurd the things that are drawn into this book. So if you're not a fan of that, don't even pick nope. this book up. Don't even consider it. But if you're Noted. if you're numb to it, like someone like me, um, <laughs> go ahead and read this book because it's interesting. So I don't know. That's, I love, that's my review of it, I guess. I I love like while you're describing your part of the Internet and your background with the Internet and why this book like did have some appeal for you in in that regard like mm -hmm. danny said keeping with our theme of nostalgia although that's a more uh, different type of nostalgia yeah i was just thinking like while you were like canvassing the darkest reaches of the internet like around that time my internet shit was like potter puppet pals and they're taking the hobbits <laughs> to eyes and god well, god god here's god. the thing i i was also like in that stuff too but then my friends would be like hey uh it's two in the morning uh we're gonna jump on 4chan and see what they're talking about tonight and it's like <laughs> i guess that's what we're doing now after we finished all the latest videos on e-bombs world and Newgrounds, we're like what else can we do tonight you know oh my god um, so yeah i'm like flashing back real hard to college i was in a in a geography seminar where i sat in the back of the room with this nerd boy and we just passed notes the whole time and he would just like update me on 4chan but tell me not to go <laughs> on it ever <laughs> like you say 4chan and i'm just like your 4chan Kirk, proxy you protected me <laughs> listen here's the thing the, these weird niche i mean this still happens today like it's it's no longer like chan board so much it's like weird discord servers where like all sorts of stuff and drama is going down and it's nice to have like a proxy vessel of like a person who's like yeah i'm on here just kind of following it let me give you the summation of like all the weird shit that's happened over the last three weeks mm -hmm. you know i love that now with with these chan boards and other things of that nature it's it's usually a bit grosser yeah. <laughs> in origin versus like you know i'm, I'm part of a I, I this is a total tangent but i'm part of like a hmm. uh there's a, a chiptunes 
little circuit board thing that you can buy and the person who develops it and also writes music on it is like the head of this thing and at one point there was this huge drama about a firmware dro- or update that happened which disabled this specific tone of sound that used to be available people were uh-huh. losing their minds and so many people were upset not over the fact that they couldn't use this sound anymore because a lot of people weren't using it and that's why this guy removed it but the fact that this person was like well i'm just going to remove it and like didn't give anybody a vote even though this person is the developer and all this other stuff there was like a whole right, right. screaming board about it that it's like okay that's is great exactly my level of internet petty drama i want <laughs> no. something that is low niche. stakes high intensity yes. super niche i want someone to explain it that's the guy i've got a friend who's on a bunch of discord servers like that and they come back to me and they're like i have to tell someone this drama i'm like great tell me tell me tell me <laughs> exactly exactly i mean niche tea is like maybe the best type of tea right especially if you're not involved in it just to hear be an outsider kind of looking in on this little Absolutely. snow globe of a world it's it's amazing um there's an entire tiktok account dedicated to this and i think the woman who runs it is very fun um the way she says I was just hearing about all you know she she goes into summation of like some very very obscure things like knitters who are big fans of the NFL and make very specific like like wool and and sewing and what are the cross stitching for NFL but there was like Incredible. a whole drama about like what was okay and not okay to make like in regards to the Chiefs like because of course oh, right yeah. people are like well this is the this is the brand so I can use the brand uh-huh. and people are like that's problematic don't do this so, you know whole thing uh, sure. they're out there and it's really fun but before we go any further um, we'll save this for the pros credits uh, let's talk about books that <laughs> I was just, oh, go ahead Danny sorry go ahead. Mike I was just gonna mention because I, I didn't want to interrupt but I have read some world tree oh yeah um, yeah yeah the one thing I, I will mention to you on top of that to close out that discussion and guide us back to comics I think Fernando Blanco does such a good job at the flashbacks and changing his art style mm. from that dark and gritty. Yeah. Because the book almost feels like if you've ever seen the show Halt and Catch Fire yeah. about like computers from the like it feels a lot like that. Yes. And I was very excited for the book for that. So I read the first issue. I was waiting for the trade. So now that you've given me a little bit more light on it, I think I'm going to check it out. Okay. Uh, Just to see because I was never also like a dark web. Like, mm, no, no, thank you. Okay. Uh, I mean, so, thanks for, so for, I might just skim over those pages, but yeah, yeah. Thanks for reminding me about Halt and Catch Fire, though, because I haven't seen it, and you said that, and my brain went, Lee Pace, Lee Pace, yeah, Lee Pace oh. is six five or six four, <laughs> whatever the truth is. And and Christopher Campbell, the, the the creator of the show, he does comics. He's doing comics now, so yeah, nice synergy. You brought it back to comics. Nick Nick convinced me a long time ago to to jump in on Halt and Catch Fire, and it is oh, it's, it's so good, so good. Um, I feel like Ooh. I need to go back and rewatch it. It's it's so so good. It, it takes place in Dallas too, because that's where the company. Well, was, Danny, when I come was, visit uh, you in Dallas one day in the future, you're gonna have to do me give me a tour around Dallas where they shot a Halt, tour and of Halt and Catch Fire <laughs> yeah. of, of um, fictional locations. Sure, we'll find it. Uh, but yeah, let's. Let's keep talking about comic books. Let's talk about comics that are on the top of our pile, whether they're new, they're old, or just something you're trying to get off your shelf. Or in my case, it just randomly showed up on your door because you forgot that you pre-ordered it four or five months ago. Um, <laughs> um, these are the books that are on the top of our pile. I'm going to shout out some of our folks that are hanging out with us on Discord today, uh, what they're reading next. Hugh is going to be reading Fall of the House of X number two. Uh, I can't wait to get back into X-Men once my the Marvel Unlimited finally gets caught up with the delay. Uh, CK is going to be reading Four Color Heroes. Nick is reading Our Bones Dust number three, which I believe was under hot contention against Petrol Held number five or four, which comes out this week, one of those two. And uh, Paul G is going to be reading Long Distance Pan-African Comics Anthology. Um, great picks by everybody. But uh, let's let's bounce over to uh, Danny. What's on the top of your pile this week? Well, Mike, as you mentioned, there's a lot of good stuff coming up this week. There's a lot of ongoings that I'm reading, mm-hmm. like Petrol Head, Kill Your Darlings, Christopher Chaos, and Our Bones Does. Like, I'm reading all that stuff. But 
as I was looking for it, I knew Nick was going to be our proof listener for this episode. So my pick for this week is if you find this, I'm already dead. Number one, Mm -hmm. this is a book from Dark Horse Comics uh, written by Matt Kent, who is a podcast favorite. If you remember, he's done things like Berserker, Mind Management, Grass Kings. Uh, We have art by Dan McDade, who's working currently on uh, the DC comic series Neo Before Zod. Uh, which is a whole other bag that I don't want to get into. Okay. Um, we don't have the time, Danny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We do not. Uh, <laughs> colors by Bill Crabtree, letters by Jim Campbell. Um, one of the cool things is when I saw the preview for this, uh, this is actually presented in that 8 by 10 and 10 and 2 thirds or whatever magazine format. Mm-hmm. So, like, we got a lot of room for some really cool art. Like, I'm, I've really been enjoying books in that format. Because I can see that the artists are starting to take like really good advantage of that. But they don't fit uh, your bags and story, boards, Danny. What the hell? Like you have to buy special bags and boards for these. It's okay because if I buy enough, I'll use up my hundred bag and board magazine. Oh, I uh, see. Bag. I see. So yeah, in the long run, it'll all pay for itself. Listen, don't tell distillery that. Wow. Don't, don't tell distillery wow. that. <laughs> I am mad enough about bags and boards like to begin with like I started going to a local shop for Transformers and they were like do you want this bagged and boarded I was like damn it I do but I don't mm-hmm. but I do mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sitting over here with some giant distillery books uh, that I haven't got bags yet for all right, all right. Um, but uh, so this book will follow Robin who's a reporter from a big city publication uh, that has been embedded with this marine group that that is on a mission to a hostile pocket universe called Terminus. I read that sentence and I was like, "What is this solo leveling? What's going on?" <laughs> now, if you haven't catched uh, solo leveling, you should either read the manga or watch the anime. Okay. Um, but ten minutes into this adventure, the squad ends up dead, and Robin is the only one there, and she has to both survive and she also has to report the story. Uh, so, you know, Terminus is supposed to be full of like these cosmic wonders and sci-fi gods who are constantly in a power struggle. Uh, so so we're going to follow Robin to see if she can get back home uh, and have the story told. Um, Matt Ken mentioned in an interview as I was looking for some some previous stuff that he wants to recapture the feel of like magazines like Heavy Metal or Epic Magazine in this comic book. So. This is very exciting because this is only a one of three. So it's like low commitment, uh, you know, easy barrier of entry. Uh, and like I said, I picked this because I know Nick is a big fan of Matt Kent. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was going to be listening to this. So if he didn't have it on his poll list, I hope that it's on his poll list now. Well, uh, so, yeah, I'm very excited for this one. I think Nick is very upset about this book. Like he's been about the last Matt Kent series that I think he did over at Dark Horse about how it's eight dollars for 32 pages worth of comic book. Um this one yeah this one's also eight dollars for it's, like 36 and it's probably pages. but they're big pages i was though. gonna say they're big pages they're probably printed out printed on the hard card stock they've got good paper quality like i know that that's what they're doing to up the price here but also 24 dollars for what seven or 96 pages at the end of the day i don't know is that yeah. is that worth it is it going to be better to just collect this as a trade i don't know like i it's a whole other discussion will but yeah. the trade also be a weird size Oh, Will you yeah. even be able to fit it on they your bookcase? Are. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, it'll fit thicker. on a bookcase fine, right? Because it'll, but it's just going to be wider, right? Like the pages are wider. Mm-hmm. So, right. I don't yeah. know. 
I don't know. But sounds cool, Danny. I'm very mad at how cool this sounds. That's the thing that's killing me right now. <laughs> me too. I was very upset because I was like, I don't need to read anything new already. Mm-hmm. I'm already like mm-hmm. reading so much. And yet here we are. Yeah. Mike, what's top of your pile? Well, for me this week, I am going to be reading a book that showed up on my doorstep out of the blue. I put this put this as my top of my pile um, on the Patreon. If you're not a, following our Patreon, you can get access to the top of our pile posts. Even as a free member, you can see those a week later after we post them to see what everyone in the show is reading next, whether they're on the podcast or not. Um, but I put this as the top of my pile because I thought I was going to read it um, on Friday night. ended up not. And um, yeah, I, I the reason why I never got around to it is because I started rereading Naruto. That's what's happening in my life right now. Um, I'm really, really sorry to everyone in advance because I'm about to become a Naruto person. Um, but yeah, the book is going to start running, Mike, like all the kids. Uh, <laughs> you're you're, running like you're all acting the kids. like I haven't been running like that for years now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, Fall Through by Nate Powell um, from the publisher. They said at first glance, Diamond Mine seems to have emerged in 1979 as Arkansas's first punk band. Instead, this quartet is revealed to be an interdimensional group of travelers from 1994, guided largely against their will by vocalist Diana's powerful spell embedded into their song Fall Through. As Diamond Mine tours the country, each performance of the song triggers a fracturing of space-time perceptible by the band members as they're transported to alternate worlds in which they've never existed, but their band's legend has. That is, until Jody, the band's bassist and the story's protagonist, finds herself disrupting Diana's sorcery even at the cost of her own beloved work and legacy, while some band members perpetually seek the free space offered by the underground punk scene to escape from their mundane or traumatic lives. Others work toward it as a means of expression, connection, and growth, even if that means eventually outgrowing Sisyphean patterns and inevitably outgrowing their beloved Beloved band family altogether. This book sounds wild. Nate Powell is a fantastic comic book creator, so I'm really excited to see what this even is. Um, I don't know. The book itself is not huge. I wish I had it from my shelf, um, but it's not a huge book. So I'm really excited to see how Nate Powell not only tells us what the hell is going on in this book, because time traveling punk band from the 90s in the 70s sounds like a really cool concept to begin with. Um, but I'm really excited to see where. Nate takes the story, um, how these characters all developed. It sounds like there's going to be a lot of tumultuous business, which, of course, I, I think if you're constantly time traveling with a band constantly back and forth could be um, a little frustrating. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pumped to read this. Um, and I'm very excited that the copy of the hardcover that I got um, because I pre-ordered it came with a nice little sketch on the inside. So there's this very beautiful yeah. little sketch on the inside of the cover. So that's really cool. Um, but, yeah, this is going to be fun time travel shenanigans that will probably end up breaking my heart. My guess says that this sounds like a fun romp but it's gonna probably be devastating because found family breaking up stuff is like for some reason extremely devastating for me so um really excited to read this one (laughs) two thoughts yeah two thoughts one uh my brain is snagged on the use of sisyphusian patterns in the solicit because i used the word sisyphusian the other day and i felt like such a nerd i was like this is such a good word let's use it more Uh the futile repetition of a daily task but um love that and uh you're i think this is gonna break my heart comment you just sounded like my mom my mom is so mad at all of the marketing for books and movies where they're like heartwarming she's like every time i see the word heartwarming i know i'm gonna be depressed and i don't (laughs) want to watch it (laughs) See, here's the thing. I, I I feel like I was just talking to somebody about like I love reading books and watching movies that like destroy me because like they they are they offer really focused ways to get out emotions that I feel like are very hard to like pinpoint throughout day to day life. Um, like I, I was just had some friends over to watch. Uh, we we watched uh 
a movie the other night and we were talking about a bunch of other things They're like oh yeah don't watch this unless you want to cry a lot and i was like what's the name of that movie again i really want to watch this like because <laughs> <clears throat> i i love that kind of stuff i don't know but and i feel like okay, this is going to be that same kind of feeling but okay i agree mike i think watching stuff or reading emotional stuff like that helps you like get out maybe some of your own stuff mm-hmm. like i remember at the end of the iron claw i was like I felt sad, but I was also like really like it felt it felt nice to just kind of let go of a lot of things at the same time. Like, so I'm I'm actually putting this uh, on my list of things to read because this sounds both fun and then also like it's gonna destroy yeah. part of part of well, uh, my problems. So yeah, I hope that you both have an emotional catharsis through consuming this piece <laughs> of media. <laughs> it's the only way to feel things these days in the year 2024. But um, speaking of really cool, fun ways to feel things, Kara, tell us about what's on the top of your pile, please. <laughs> fun, fun ways to feel things. God, what I'm like, are mentally still in like what? What was the last thing that made me cry? And the last thing that made me ugly cry was the series finale of Riverdale. I was sobbing for 45 straight minutes and I was so mad because uh-huh. I was like, it's Riverdale. What are you doing to me? But you know what? Well played, Riverdale. Mm-hmm. Well played. I ugly cried for like an hour. <laughs> it's a wreck after that. Anyway. Bless CW. So plot. So pivot, pivot to delightful things. So yeah, yeah. you know, first of all, the greatest Valentine that I could possibly ask for is the next Transformers issue coming out this week <laughs> on Valentine's Day. I'm like, yeah. yes, yeah. yes, image. Well, well done. So that will be my my valentine to myself Mm -hmm. but um i so top of my pile is actually a book that i bought myself for christmas and haven't read yet because you never read the things that you buy that's a later problem yeah exactly so so, uh one of the books that i bought myself for christmas is um the superman meshi manga by satoshi miyagawa and uh kai kitago and it is superman trying Japanese foods, just like flying around Japan, trying different Japanese foods. I cannot think of a more delightful concept. I can't believe there's two of them. I bought the first two volumes. Um, I never like flip ahead in books because I don't like to be spoiled, but I flipped ahead in this one and he teams up with Batman to try snacks. And I have never wanted to read something more in my life. You know how I feel about the Superman Batman dynamic. I don't care if you think there are bromance or frenemies or secretly in love. I (laughs) They're perfect together. They're perfect together. And I want to read them trying Japanese street food. So this is going to be the top of my pile because it's my birthday week and I wish to be delighted. That that sounds fantastic. I I'm I saw this in the comic shop when I was there on Saturday and I, I almost grabbed it because it just looked fun. Um, sure. I think I might I'm going to have to get this from the library. This sounds well, awesome. Get it. Mike, I have good news for you. You can read the chapters on DC Infinite. Um uh... that's the original format that the dc is releasing their manga yes okay and now they're printing it out uh and all their manga has really been delightful Mm -hmm. this is the one i haven't actually checked out i'm just gonna reach reach behind me on my bookcase to show you the other one that i got oh the joker baby manga reasons the batman is now a baby and the joker must take care of it yes this is fan fiction sign me the fuck up (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and, and the other one's Batman as a mech. So, like, you can't really mess it right, up. Like, right, right, or, uh, right. Super Sentai more. Um, so, yeah, you can't mess it up. All the DC manga's been on point. That's... Love it. Uh, huh. Okay, well, thank you for rounding this episode out with something that is absolutely delightful. Uh, Kara, 
I'm, I'm here, convinced. Here to help. Between chapters of Naruto, I think I'm going to have to check out this Superman meshy. I, I really love this idea because um, I didn't know what it was about. And now I can't believe that I didn't because I know that Dungeon Meshi is delicious in Dungeon. This has got to be Superman meshy. So delicious Superman. Maybe that's what that translates to directly. Um, but Gross, but sure. Yeah. Let's go with that. <laughs> Mike, go ahead, Danny. Every time Naruto goes to the ramen shop, you take a pause and go read a Superman chapter. I like that. <laughs> Boom. I'm already like four visits behind, so that's great. Um, well, anyways, I guess that that's it. That's for the show. Um, the whole episode's done. So I hope you had a good time listening. New format of just kind of quickening things up and allowing us to chat a little bit. Um, but that's pretty much it. So until next time, comics are good, and so are you. Thank you.